After being in India for almost a decade, in 2021, things were finally starting to look up for the Chinese smartphone maker Vivo, especially after the 2020 border tensions between India and China. The company had turned a profit after 4 years and was steadily getting ahead of other Chinese smartphone makers to capture India's smartphone market. And more importantly, it also came back as the title sponsor for one of the world's biggest sporting events, the Indian Premier League or the IPL, for which by the way, it had paid over 2000 crore rupees. But the good luck stint did not last very long. In January 2022, Vivo had to give up the IPL title sponsorship and ever since the firm has been under the regulatory radar of India's financial crime watchdog the enforcement directorate or the ED earlier this month the ED arrested four people including a chinese national in a money laundering case connected to Vivo The agency had also raided Vivo's head office last year and frozen more than 100 bank accounts of the company with a gross balance of nearly 500 crore rupees. The Chinese phone company was accused of money laundering and quote unquote financial terrorism. At this point, you might want to ask, could it get any worse for Vivo? But here comes the twist in the tale. Vivo has managed to achieve something quite extraordinary this year. In the quarter that ended in June, Vivo turned out to have the highest share in the Indian smartphone market for the first time ever. It even left Samsung behind and became the top-selling smartphone company in India. It's quite something, no? So, how did Vivo become the number 1 smartphone brand despite the insane competition in the sector and not to forget the financial crackdown from the Indian government? that too when other chinese phone makers like xiaomi have only seen their market share decline after being raided welcome to daybreak a business podcast from the ken i'm your host nigda sharma and i don't chase the news cycle instead thrice a week on mondays wednesdays and fridays i will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time today is wednesday the 1st of november When the ED raided Vivo's Gurgaon head office last year, a lot of employees were kind of caught off guard. They did not know what was happening or how it would end. A former employee told my colleague the Ken reporter Anushka Jain that everyone was scared that the company might shut down. The immediate consequence of the raid was of course a fall in the market share to just a little over 14% in the quarter that ended after it. Vivo could not even procure enough stocks of new phones with so many of its accounts frozen by the ED. But once the accounts were made operational again, the company managed to recover its share back. From a little over 14%, it went up to more than 17% of the market then. Vivo went back to being the number 3 smartphone company in India. So, first things first. How did Vivo manage to get its house in order after the ED crackdown? it did two things right first it rushed to protect its employees 
After all, they were the backbone of the company's operations in the country. So, right after the raids ended, Vivo's India CEO Jerome Chen addressed the employees virtually and assured them that their salaries would be paid. The company soon began to promote its Indian employees to managerial positions. Before this, they would earlier report to bosses who were mainly of Chinese nationality. And with all this ED scrutiny, it also asked its Chinese employees to work remotely. So, by keeping its employees happy, especially the Indian ones, Vivo managed to keep its attrition rate in check. Interestingly, this is something that its competitor Xiaomi failed to do after it got raided. Now, coming to the second thing that Vivo did right. Vivo knew it needed to cut down on its excesses. You know, especially since so many of its accounts were frozen and funds were seized. And not to mention the financial guarantees that it had to give in court. The firm started conducting stricter financial audits at its state companies. These are Vivo's secondary-level companies that handle inventory, monitor sales and distribution. A former employee told Anushka that the audit staff almost doubled at some state companies. Vivo also changed things at the minutest of levels. For example, it stopped booking luxury hotels for the teams that went on work trips. Now, there is one thing to note here. Yes, Vivo began to change a lot to get out of the regulatory scrutiny storm. But there was one thing that it did not change. And this is what gave it the edge over competitors like Samsung, Xiaomi and Realme. Stay tuned to find out more. I'm sure you keep a tab on all the deals and incentives that smartphone brands keep offering throughout the year to aggressively push their sales online, especially around this time of the year. Go to Amazon and Flipkart and you will see for yourself. But here is what is interesting. Market researchers say that over 50% of smartphone sales in India will happen through offline channels this year. Last year too, offline purchases made up for more than half of the smartphone sales. And this is exactly where Vivo has found its sweet spot. Because over the years, Vivo has relied heavily on offline sales while its rivals have neglected it. To put this in perspective, Vivo makes more than 80% of its smartphone sales offline. In comparison, for its South Korean competitor Samsung, offline makes up for 60% of its sales. And for the likes of Xiaomi, the number is even lower. Also, Kailash Lakhiani, the president of the All India Mobile Retailers Association, pointed out another important factor to the Ken. He mentioned how Vivo has had the same CEO in India for quite a number of years. Oppo, meanwhile, has had three different India heads in the last five years alone. And Jerome Chen, Vivo's CEO, puts extra effort into keeping great relations with offline retailers. The company also conducts what it likes to call market storming sessions every month to detect why sales have been hit in a particular market. And if you know anything about Vivo, the brand's offline incentives game is pretty solid. An employee at a handset store in Delhi told Anushka that Vivo gives some of the highest incentives amongst all the other brands. For example, stores get an incentive of 700 rupees on each piece they sell of Vivo's latest V29 model. In comparison, Oppo, Realme or Xiaomi give incentives between 300 to 400 rupees and Samsung gives around 500. 
Another thing that works out for Vivo is that it really knows how to create buzz and anticipation. It launches about 30 to 35 phones in a year. And each model has at least a couple of variants. And these, dear listeners, are some of the reasons how Vivo has finally managed to take the crown jewel from smartphone giant Samsung, who has been in India for almost two decades now. Also, let's not forget that Vivo's maiden performance at the top spot is even more significant because of its timing. While the larger domestic and international market declined in size, Vivo managed to ship more smartphones this year compared to last year. But let me tell you that despite having all of this in its corner, Vivo cannot celebrate this win just yet. If you're wondering why, stay tuned. If you take a quick look at the market share of its rivals, you'll see how Vivo is ahead of them by actually a very thin margin. The International Data Corporation pegs Vivo's share at 16% currently. It is followed by Samsung, which holds 15.7% of the market. So the difference between the top two is actually less than 1%. And even though many market analysts confirmed Vivo's lead, Two prominent firms, Counterpoint and Canalys, have still given Vivo the second position. In fact, Canalys estimates that Samsung will dethrone Vivo in the quarter ending in September. Besides, we all know how fierce smartphone wars can be. One new product launch here, and a new incentive plan there, and the field becomes leveled again. Rivals are already taking cue from Vivo and are waking up to the power of offline sales. Lakhiani of the mobile retailer's body told us how other brands have started offering better margins. And even though the annual festive season usually used to be good news for Vivo, this year that might not be the case. Smartphone companies are known to clock record sales during the festive months. And if Vivo's rivals perform better, it will not be very hard for them to get ahead of the smartphone maker. Plus, competitors are just one part of the puzzle. The regulatory spectre is still looming large over Vivo's head. And if more funds are frozen in the near future, it might get unsustainable for Vivo to maintain its high marketing and sales budgets. And remember, these budgets are what mainly helped Vivo win the race to the top. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of the Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small slice of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com, that is T-H-E-K-E-N.com, and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snegda Sharma, your host. The script for today's episode was written by Deeksha Manjal, and the episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien. 